0: and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day.
1: This is where you talk, Fern. Oh, we
2: didn't discuss that. Again, your lack of communication has set us up for failure yet again.
1: So, 500 episodes, uh, I still have to remind Fern, hey, yeah. you talk as well.
2: Right. No, no, people know that i talk is where they come for all the nuggets anyway (laughs) i will i will again i will again take the lead because of your lack of concentration so
1: you're becoming such a great leader though what
2: do you mean becoming such a great leader i feel like a failure because your inability to follow
1: think about how far i've come
2: Yeah, that's what's alarming to me is that we've been at this for a while. That my was- son's my son's making faster strides than you, and he still puts his diaper on his head. So,
1: <laughs> Wait, can we go back a second and talk about the text you sent about your son and explain <laughs> it to me?
2: What was the context of something? I forget what it was. It was word.
1: basically <laughs> like encouraging but false encouragement or something
2: it wasn't false encouragement it was encouragement you were doing something you're like yeah but i'm doing a good job and i was just like yeah kind of like when my son shits his pants but then he puts one of his socks on by himself and i'm like good job you know yes like is it a good job debatable however i'm gonna pick something out of there you've done quasi well and give you a little good positive feedback on it
1: hey you got to balance relentlessness with praise
2: right so i just really struggle with the praise for you um Today's an interesting topic, and this is something that I think um, the psyche of the gym owner is very intriguing from the standpoint of seeing it through a different lens. It's very very interesting. It's very analogous to the psyche of an experienced coach versus a new coach and their unwillingness to do certain things right? So you think about an, an, an experienced coach who's very willing to put themselves out there and do things because they've, they've been through the ringer and they're prepared and they know how to do that versus um, something like a brand new coach who level two, you do the first breakout and you're about like, who wants to go first. And literally everybody like, like all of a sudden diverts their eyes down to the floor and they want to all of a sudden have to go outside and go to the bathroom. Same thing. Um, but I want to, I want to talk about that relationship when it when it comes to gym owners so we have to go in the way back machine here and we have to talk about when we started our gyms and we're gonna we're gonna bounce around here a little bit now do you what was your what was your thinking when you opened your gym do you remember what you like what was going through your mind when you opened your gym in 2007 is that right
1: yeah i mean katie and i have spoken about this numerous times today right katie um our recent episode of patreon we dig into this, Fern, without you. We dig into, I spoke on your behalf for the record, so you may want to make sure I didn't misspeak.
2: Well, but, I, I then don't trust anything that he said, everybody.
1: But, you know, like I was telling Katie, I was ready to give up on fitness. Me, Not not my own fitness, but the idea of a career in this. You know, I graduated college in 2000, and it was a the struggle bus for seven years. You know, like... Right. Like living in the ghetto, driving around without a car stereo because I kept having it stolen. You know, I told mm-hmm. Katie, like my goal, and, and and I mentioned you, like you and I, I think both believe in like putting it out there, putting it into the universe. And I was like, man, I want to make $24,000. And guess what? I did. You know, and it's like, cool. Is that winning? I don't know. Like in 2002, yeah, it was all right.
2: Hey, it's It's better than no dollars.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the point is I wasn't, you know, making 40 or 50 or, you know, whatever I needed to survive at the time. So when, when I opened, it was like, okay, this is my last ditch effort. My buddy Chad showed me muscle and fitness that had Chuck Liddell on it. For some reason, man, that just hit me. I was like, I'm going to go home. I Googled CrossFit, found Greg Almondson, found Nasty Girls, et cetera. And I was like, I think this is it. Like, I I remember telling my friend Sue, we were on a bike ride and she was she was like a mom to me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "You gotta do something," and I was like, "I think I found it," and that was it. I, you know, I opened my my first affiliate in a racquetball court again. Lucky to have Barry, a real estate agent, tell me he wouldn't help me find a spot because I should rent a racquetball court and not, you know, take out a big undertaking of rent, which would have significantly altered my mindset. Right, eight hundred dollars a month versus thousands of dollars. I mean, I was making money my first month open at the affiliate, so. Yeah. And then what
2: was your, what was your investment in in that?
1: All in, including the level one. 5,000. I don't think, I don't recall, but I'm almost positive. I didn't have to do like a first or last or deposit. Like I was, it was the gym I coached at the court club where I had a lot of clients. I mean, I had been there since basically like 99 when I was still in college. So I think he just let me, you know, write a check for that first month. The level one was a thousand dollars I obviously had to travel there I mean I talk about it in in the book I borrowed money from my girlfriend at the time right uh, you know and but it, it was pretty rogue so it wasn't right. like I could even spend a lot of money on equipment it was like a lot of fabricating so it was whatever my my same buddy Chad that introduced me to CrossFit was very um he's very handy he put the pull-up bars in the wall you know all you know Couple of cheap barbells off Craigslist. I can't imagine. I would say five to seven at the absolute high end, and it was every dollar I had.
2: Right. That's what I find so intriguing. With me? No, that's with every gym owner ever. That story's not unique. I did the same thing. My wife and I. We had. It was kind of a weird scenario, but like but what we were doing at the time, we're just like, yeah, let's just uh, let's just open a gym. There was no thought for like what would happen like what our ROI on this thing was going to be. We're just like, yeah, we like this. Like, we're just going to, we're going to start a business. Like ignorance is bliss. And it was just like, I I think we, we, we definitely got some help from a couple people. They like, they like footed rent for the first month of rent. And then we basically paid them back for that over time. And, but it was, it was rogue in the other sense, not rogue in the sense of rogue fitness. It was rogue in the sense of that. It was just, fuck it let's go let's do it's
1: it it's always interesting to me when people are like hey can I see your business plan I'm like <laughs> what's that
2: what's that um, <laughs> yeah well that's, that's that's an interesting one because business plans and nobody nobody really writes a business plan unless you go to get financing like very few people actually write a business plan They're like this is what I'm going to do like it's well, because it's a it's a requirement to get a business loan in most instances. How are you going
1: to pay this back? Right. It's funny because, because I was successful with that, every subsequent box or even like best hour, like until we brought on a mentor ourselves, Mm -hmm. we didn't really have that. And it was always like, well, I've never done that. That doesn't make it right. But at the same time, I was like, well, I've been successful without doing it. Right. Why should I start doing something I don't like doing and don't want to do?
2: We, we were a little different. Like I had, I had always had a vision. Like I'd always, there's always something that like this big kind of hairy, audacious goal that I had wanted to do. And then it was helped very much frame up and then give it direction. But I had tried it numerous other ways. Like I tried it with the YouTube channel and I had tried it with a couple other endeavors and I'm like, fuck this, you know, like, and then finally it was just like, all right, cool. Here's, here's the path forward. But at what point, do you think that just because we could we could very clearly define that mindset or that state or that attitude of throw all caution to the wind open like that is i would that's very abundance mindset it's just like we're gonna just gonna do it like it doesn't even matter
1: yeah i think you're right i think for for a just best i think Best hour was a little different because it was more like, I'm just
2: talking about like you in 2007 and me in 2009, like opening a gym, like uh, quite literally on a whim with no vision or plan and just be like,
1: we'll figure it out. I think that it's interesting because if you would have asked me, was it an abundance mindset? I would tell you, no, I would, I would have said, no, it was just an, it was just an easier way to make a little more money with a little less work which happened to be something I enjoyed a little more. So in other words, rather than training, you know, Coach Glassman's model of rather than having 12 one-on-one clients, let's have two classes of six or three right. classes of four. So I don't think I was going in there like, if you would have told me in 2007, what 2021 would look like, I'd have been like, how does that happen?
2: Right. right? I don't I don't understand the world that you just explained to me. Yeah, where the, does that
1: connection come from? But I think- But it's
2: definitely not scarcity mindset, right? We're like you're willing to make the leap, which is just like maybe maybe it's a difference. Maybe it's not um, uh, scarcity versus abundance. It's maybe a risk averse versus you know much more willing or not risk averse essentially. Where you're just like, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, and I think there were two factors that helped. One being I was already in the industry, right? You know, it wasn't like I was quitting a quote-unquote real job to do this, which would have been a lot scarier. Like. I wasn't making any money. So not making any money wasn't any different. Um, So there, there was that. And it was also more so like, this is it. Like I had just finished my master's degree. It was like, okay, you get one more chance here. Mm -hmm. You gotta, if this isn't successful, you got to put your applications in and get a real
2: full send. We're going full send here.
1: Exactly. We're
2: going to jump out of the plane and then hopefully I'll be able to get this parachute buckled in before we hit the ground. Right. Like
1: made the decision easier.
2: So, Here's where I, here's, here's the part that I, because I know, I know the difference, right? So I know the difference between the beginning and I know the difference between there's, there's a lot of valleys in between like 2009 to today and or 2007 for you to today, just that they're, they're the same. And my point with that is at what point do, does the gym owner go from this kind of willing to make the leap and willing to go all in to becoming very risk averse? In order to get where they want to go, because that that is one of the, if not the largest hurdle that we deal with when talking to affiliate owners. I'm just like, hey, listen, like, I, question is like, well, what's what's my i my ROI on this? To which sometimes I think about that a lot. I'm just like, your ROI is you. You're the ROI. We're like. I don't, I don't even understand the question because you didn't ask that question when you opened your gym just haphazardly, and nor did I, by the way.
1: Do you, do you think part of it stems from, in other words, like I said, when I opened, I had no consideration of what was to come. I was just like, I just need to make enough money to survive. And then you become successful, and you're like, okay – now I need to hedge my bets. Now I need to be smarter with my investments. Now I need to you know, stay the course. And it actually then changes the reason the box is successful in the first place.
2: Kind of going back to what we were talking about in the previous es- episode about make group class cool again, which is we kind of abandon the passion and the fervor and this idea of risk. And, and I'm not at all suggesting that you should just f- flippantly – you know, take on risk. Like, that's not intelligent. But there is a very, oh, I don't even, I don't, visceral is not the right word, but like, people just are not willing to do it. And they were willing to do it with a lack of plan to open something, but then not willing to make a similar, well, I don't even consider them similar risks to invest in themselves and development. And I don't mean like with us, I mean, in anything, we're just like, well, I really want to try to go take this course. And I really want to try to do a Tony Robbins, or I want to go to this specialty RKC um, uh, seminar or whatever. And then we go from like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm literally going to sell my car and I'm gonna live with my parents. I'm going to open this gym to not willing to do anything in order to further your passion and get out of the rut that you're in. And what I'm trying to figure out is, and we, I've talked about a little bit of my path. I'm like, my path was like rock bottom, like personally rock bottom, which is like, realize I knew nothing in life. And I was just like, okay, well, that changes my whole outlook on everything. How do I, and that's what got me out of it. But then I do think it's in, and I look back at myself and probably you the same way. It's just like, look back at that and the differences in the state of mind and the differences in my, my willingness to pursue this thing that is a CrossFit affiliate almost don't even resemble each other anymore. It's like, they're totally different from the day I opened until the, like that, that day prior to me having like a life changing event. And then the following, day. that's when it changed.
1: Yeah. I think what I'm hearing and as I'm thinking about myself, because I'm like 2007, me is so different. And I think a lot of it is that willingness to invest in yourself, not just financially, but, growth, whether it's a mentor, you know, spending time reading, all of those things. And I think that's something you and I have always, I mean, even just getting on seminar staff, like that was not just like a, like you mentioned the big audacious goal or what a big hairy audacious goal, but it was like, in order to accomplish that, there's a lot of feedback, a lot of failure, which is all part of growth. And I think a lot of box owners open this and then they either, they become the guy, like I'm the guy. And and I was that person for quite some time where it's like, you disagree, like you surround yourself with yes men. Mm-hmm. You think you know everything because you've experienced mild success, not realizing that's really nothing in this world compared to, you know, if, if you would have said like, are you successful in 2010? At the time would have been like crazy. And now it would have been like, not at all. Right. Compared to where we are now. So I think a lot of that is you lose focus and you lose track of that growth mindset and you're not putting yourself in a position to become better.
2: And that's, that is kind of what I've been trying to unpack a little bit, which is when you, when you do that, when you, when you open your gym for the first time, that you're almost everybody, I think you, you like unanimously is like, I'm betting on myself. Or like, I'm going to make it happen. Like, doesn't matter. I'm going to live in a cardboard box, like whatever, I'll ride my bike to work. Like, who cares? I will, it doesn't matter. Like, we know people that lived in their gym, right? And then got themselves out of it and put themselves in a different place because they were just like, it's going to happen. And then it's somewhere along the way, the, the, the mindset changes to what is, like, what's the ROI on this dollar rather than what's the, the ROI on me, Right. So it's like kind of like some people call it like, you know, you don't bet on the horse, you bet on the jockey or like, right. right. So jockey, you're the, you, if you're a gym owner, you look at this, like, Hey, I'm stuck. And I'm, i I have this, you know, averse reaction to like investing in something, whether it's Tony Robbins or you want to, you know, invest in a a full-time coach or whatever. The, the issue is there. You're not confident in yourself and your plan. I'm not confident in my ability to give the ROI anymore. It's not the dollars. It's never the dollars. It's always my, it's always my, it's always my uneasiness or my lack of confidence in myself to get the ROI. Right. Um, Even shitty plan you could get return if you just work your ass
1: off. Right. Both you and I have have spent a decent amount of money on personal development. And what you're saying is it's not the money on the Tony Robbins seminar or or the next specialty course that you're gonna take. It's okay, once I do that, how do I begin to recoup that investment? What does that return on investment look like? And you're right, a lot of people, I mean, I've been to the Tony Robbins seminar, you leave there freaking buzzed with energy, enthusiasm, motivation, which quickly, slowly, quickly, slowly, which starts to you know deteriorate. So it's a matter of, okay, how do I ride that out and how do I incorporate that into not only my personal life, but my business, et cetera? And you're right, a lot of people, A, they don't think that far in advance. B, they, you know, we had a call earlier with our coaches development group, and you know, one of the coaches is a little burned out. And it's like you, you experience that and you start to kind of fall off, like, why did I do this? Why do why do I want to do this? Should I just be a coach instead of a box owner? Should I just get a regular job? You know, and I think motivation slowly deteriorates what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to continue to to keep it you know to keep that fire stoked
2: what that that comes back to the saying i have no idea where it came from but like you know motivation is like motivation is like bathing right it's not permanent should be done literally you know so stop wearing the same shirt every day jay that's basically where i'm going with that
1: i got a new new thing, by the way so i'm in the basement it's freezing down here all the time even though it's summer so I keep a hoodie now. I'm like Mister Rogers. I keep a hoodie in the closet, and I put it on when I come down here. So it's like and a jacket. Also,
2: also creepy, like Mister Rogers. So it's fine. It's a perfect. So does set. that
1: mean?
0: Does that mean that sweatshirt has never been washed since it's just been in the basement?
2: Katie's yeah. on it.
1: <laughs> just, Katie, just wondering. <laughs> off, this is day one of this new thing.
0: Okay, let's get. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I we well, actually I wore it down here yesterday, and I realized every time I go upstairs, I get hot. So it's like, well, let's just put it on when I get down here. Plus. Unlike Fern, I like to rep our company. Best hour of their day. Amen. So do you, Katie. I appreciate that. Baby. <laughs> Fern, of course, wearing the thong. You can't see it. Right.
2: I'm happy to show it to you. You know, but that it's an it's an interesting one, and I think. At some, somewhere along the way. Cause you think about it, even if it's, even just the coaches, right. So like they go to the level one and then they do their level two and then they maybe do the kids, which are my top three in the CrossFit or as courses I think people should take. Well, and, then, I mean, and, and then they, four, and then, well, then it's just like,
1: as well, right. You have yeah, your level yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You level four dungeon master, which is what you are. The, the, at some point they're just like, oh, I don't need to learn anymore. Like I'm good. Like I'm good enough. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. And it's, it's, so you, there's parallel Parallels in both coaching and the affiliate ownership. And at some point, like there's a, there's a mind sh- mindset shift there where it goes from, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume all the information, I'm going to get better, I'm going to invest in whatever way I can, I'm going to sell my car, I'm going to do whatever and I'm going to make this happen. Um, and typically that, that block is happening at the most pivotal point when like you they're like at the point where they like need to make a change and this negative mindset shifts and, and takes over and be like, no, we'll just, we'll just continue doing what we're doing. Like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And it's like, but how, how is my question? What are you doing either with yourself or with your business or with your coach development that is going to get you out of this funk where nobody ever has an answer? I'm just like, well, we're just going to, we're figure it out. I'm like, That's not an answer. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think. A lot of what you're saying is just the concept of how you do one thing is how you do anything. I would question if these same people that aren't growing from a coaching perspective or a box owner perspective do so in their everyday life. And not to you know say I'm the best at this or not, but you and I are constantly reading, constantly trying to learn more, constantly listening to educational podcasts. You know, I talked about like, hey, a successful day is like I worked out, I ate right, got some good sleep, spent some time with the family. But also for me, it's also, did I, did I learn something? And sometimes that something is a book I'm reading. Sometimes it's a YouTube video, but I think for a lot of people, we forget that. Like we have to be in a constant pursuit of growth as a coach and as a human being. And but for you, but it, for
2: yourself is where I'm going with this. Right. And and I think I would largely, there's a strong correlation between the introduction of Facebook ads into the gym world and people's hesitancy with regard to spending money or investing it in different places, right? Because on the Facebook ad, it's like, where's my return on the Facebook ad? Like, where is it? Like, if I spent this much, I need to get back this much in in, in this amount of time. And you and I both know, and, and most of the people that we, in the circles that we run, know that like personal development is not an immediate return. It's not it. Personal development could take three months. It could take six months. It could take a year. It could take eight months.
1: I spent money, time and effort years ago that it's just coming back to like, right. And you know, even, even you and I like peek behind the scenes. We don't always, I don't say we don't get along, but we butt heads. We have disagreements. We have different views. And if this were 2007, I would have been like, F this guy, I can do it better on my own or whatever, you know, and, and the point is, as we've developed over the years, you realize maturity and, and, and empathy and, and listening and all of these other skills come with that. And if you're not speaking that out, spending money to do it, you're, you're going to stifle your own growth, not just as a person, but with, with your business, with your affiliate.
2: And here, here's what I want. I want gym owners and coaches, I want you to make an investment yourself. Like somewhere, I'd pick where you're going to do it. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like pick where you're going to do it and make an investment. And I want you to do it absent of this idea of return, right? Because the idea of return means like I'm doing this with the expectation of like it's somehow going to give me something. In, instead of thinking about like what am I going to learn? What skills am I going to develop from sitting in this workshop or this seminar or whatever this is that I'll figure out how to use later, because you buy a hammer doesn't mean the house, right? I buy a hammer and then I learn to swing a hammer, and then I learn to frame, and then I learn to do all this, right? That doesn't mean that just because I bought a hammer, be like I buy a hammer, I'm like, well, I sh- I'm a house builder now. Where's my money? Well, it's not how it works. You have to learn the skill set to use the tool that you've been given. That is where I would like people to to move towards you know, just cause you get on seminar staff doesn't mean that you're the world's greatest coach. It's just like, cool. I'm here. And then you realize you're like, it's a long way to even get halfway up this mountain that I thought I was climbing. You're just like, I'm years out from even being considered a good coach in this group of people.
1: I think, I think it takes, you know, the, not to, to your horn, my horn, but the same type of person that works to get on seminar staff is the same type of person that works in life to improve. Right. And I think a lot of this comes back to, it's really that growth mindset in general, but you're, you're right. It's growth, it's feedback. And I think for so many people, it's scary. It's well, what if I find out I'm not as good as I thought I was, or what if I'm not the best in the area, or what if, you know, I have to change some of these things I've been doing well, That's part of developing as a human being. The alternative is to be the same turd in 2021 than you were in 2007.
2: That'll be devastating.
1: Yeah, but that's most people. I
2: think
1: think you and I, Katie, and even a lot of the listeners, you know, I, I say this all the time, like most human beings are dumb and lazy and most are a combination of both. And we forget that because we tend to involve ourselves with people that aren't you know as much as you and i joke around like at the end of the day i know you are always trying to be better whether it's at the box a coach a father a husband and i think you recognize that in me as well and and you know we forget like you know probably other than raz i speak to you and katie the most in in my life and it's easy to forget that no one else does this shit because the people I talk to the most are like me. You're, you are the five people you surround yourself with. And I think as box owners, it's important to recognize that and recognize, hey, sometimes I got to push these, you know, other people, these crabs that are pulling you back into the bucket out of the way. And, you know, what's the expression of like, to be successful, people are going to think you're crazy.
2: True. Or, or you're going to do things that are counter to the, the, the masses. Right. You know? The... I look at it the other way. Like I consider myself to suck at most things, suck at communication, suck at coaching, suck at running a gym, suck at, you know, right. you know, picking partners for podcasts. Like I'm really right. awful at that, well, you know, that. you know, so, but that's, that's how I look at it. Right. So I look at it from a standpoint of like, what could I do to be better? Like what, what could I do to improve, you know, my communication with my wife? What could I get do to improve, improve my communication with my staff. Like if they're not happy, well, that's my fault. That means I need to be a better leader. Like how the fuck do I figure that out? All right, well, I'm going to start figuring out how to do that. Or, you know, how do I run my business better? Right. So that it functions better and it serves all parties involved, you know, not just me or not just the staff, but the members as well. But you know? Like as, as Eric Rosa would be like, who are the stakeholders in this whole thing, right? The stakeholders are all parties that interact with the business
1: or to quote Chuck Car- Carswell big team little me big right? team little I me
2: think- I literally just I was trying to tell somebody that yesterday I almost forgot the quote I couldn't remember I was just like
1: "What?" not that part of a quote I know
2: that's why I was worried
1: um but it I think ultimately it does come back to that growth mindset of you've got to realize you're not at your full potential yet and you'll never be there like even on your you know at your look on your dying bed or whatever, you, you can be improving. And I think as box owners, it's, it's important to recognize that. And it's important to be willing to invest in not just, yes, obviously in coaching for affiliates, but also invest in yourself, like go out there, find a mentor. I think that was a big thing for me. You know, I found a mentor in in Sasha Mirkovich who really helped shape me. He helped me develop empathy. He helped me learn to listen and have compassion and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing he said, and one thing that, you know, another expression is, you know, when a student is ready, the teacher will present themselves, like you have to be ready. And something we often talk about, I've mentioned before is like, when you're delivering a message, the person delivering it is the airplane, the person receiving it is the landing strip. Sometimes when I wake up at six in the morning and I get texts from Fern, the runway wasn't open, right? The plane was coming in hot, but the runway wasn't open. Right. So then you get a, re- and, and, and vice versa. But I, but I think, you know, the point is you have to be prepared for that and you have to put yourself in a position where you are receptive.
2: And and that, that is kind of the key there. And I think part of that is putting yourself back in those, in your shoes, when you opened your affiliate, when you were willing to do anything to make it work and the key acknowledgement there is like what making it work then and what making it work now mean are very different, but the mindset to accomplish both is the same. And somewhere along the way, people lose sight of that, which is like, hey, you were willing to jump you know, head first, no parachute, no helmet, no safety precautions in place in order to start this thing that you had zero plan for and very little skill, if not zero skill, in order to facilitate. And now that you're doing it, there's a hesitancy with which to dive in deeper and figure it out and invest in yourself and give yourself more skills. And this is the this is the toilet bowl that most people will never get out of. It's just circling the toilet bowl, circling the toilet bowl, circling the toilet bowl, because you lost that drive that you had on day one when you're like, fuck it, I'm opening a CrossFit gym, I want to change lives. And then you know your coaching staff, rent, insurance, forty-eight music subscriptions, all that stuff comes into play, and then it clouds your vision and and prevents you from redialing in this thing so that you can move and continue to grow. Because if you grow, then your staff grows, and when your staff grows, your business grows. When your business grows, the number of people that you can help increases, and your impact on the world goes broader. I like to think about so you know when I die essentially I want to see like how many ripples could you start in the world right so I think about the number of people that I've come across with with you know just by pure happenstance and you know and quite accidental to be very frank so like the number of people that I've come across that have gone on to start affiliates because i was just stumbling my way around in there and like trying to figure it out but i was like super passionate about it you know like you know like you know gyms in you know in the uk gyms in numerous other states and it's just like because i was trying to be better i was trying to improve and then other people gravitated towards that and then they're like they took that and then they ran with it and i didn't have anything to do with that but it's a ripple that somebody else dropped another pebble in the water and then that ripple went further so that's what I want everybody to do is like, how many ripples can you start? But you have to be willing to make that leap again. And you have to be able to put yourself back in those shoes and say, what would the 2009 me do right now? And I don't think it would be the same shit because you made a, you made a, a very drastic life decision when you quit your job and started a gym. And for some reason, there's a hangup because you're scared of the ROI of this dollar and not thinking about like, what am I going to do with it? And remember, like you're the ROI. You're the person that makes all the things in the world happen. Not that dollar. That dollar is just the transaction in whatever you're going to spend it on. And if you're stuck, that's where you need to go. Put yourself back in those shoes the day you opened the gym and you signed the lease and you walked into a blank, a gym that had nothing in it no paint, concrete floors. And you're like, and you saw it all. You're just like, dude, I cannot wait to pack this place with people. I can't wait to teach them with the air squad, do my first onboarding. And they're still doing construction in the building and like getting goosebumps thinking about it, dude, It's like, put yourself back in those shoes. And I promise you, you will come up with a solution. I promise you, you'll have the same excitement about like getting your gym and getting your staff and getting all that shit together so that you can move into the next evolution of this because it's fun on the other side.
0: So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.
3: You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy Seal Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better, do better, will pay.
1: You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther Beard Balm. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears, just check them out. It's a veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm and ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%.